What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to Off The Chain, simply the best podcast in crypto. Let's kick this thing off. Today, we're going to talk about one of the hottest topics around digital assets, custody. For this conversation, we brought on one of the pioneers of the industry, Matt Jennings, the founder and CEO of Kingdom Trust. Kingdom Trust was the very first regulated financial institution to offer custody of digital assets, making them the first qualified custodian in the digital asset industry. This qualified custody offering started with a few digital currencies and has now expanded into the most all major coins and tokens, including security tokens and asset backed tokens. They do all of this through an insured safekeeping platform they call KT Icebox. Awesome name. Matt and Kingdom's leadership in this space has pioneered a way for thousands of institutions and individuals to safely and compliantly invest in digital assets. I really enjoyed this conversation and think highly of Matt and Kingdom Trust. I hope you enjoy it nearly as much as I did. Before we get started, I want to talk about one of our sponsors, BlockFi. These guys are doing really interesting work in crypto lending. What they allow you to do is keep your crypto put it up as collateral, and receive a US dollar loan funded directly to your bank account. They do loans ranging from $2,000 to $10 million, and they're perfect for helping you reach your financial goals of all sizes. You should visit BlockFi.com POMP. Again, that's BlockFi.com POMP. Again, one more time, type it in BlockFi.com POMP if you'd like to learn more about putting your crypto to work without having to sell it. Definitely do it. This podcast was recorded over a private dinner at Cut by Wolfgang Puck, located at the Four Seasons Hotel at 99 Church Street in Lower Manhattan. Cut is open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and of course, boozy brunch on Sundays. This podcast is presented by Blockworks Group, the only blockchain event and media production company I trust. If you're an investor, lawyer, accountant, or entrepreneur, and want to attend exclusive events and dinners, visit them at blockworksgroup.io. I promise you won't be disappointed. Anthony Pompliano is a partner at Morgan Creek Digital. All opinions expressed by Pomp or his guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Morgan Creek Digital or Morgan Creek Capital Management. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, guys, we are here with uh, Matt from Kingdom Trust. Uh, we are actually recording this live in front of a bunch of people that you can't see staring back at us. So we're going to try to uh, keep this entertaining, both for those listening at home and those here in person. Um, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, it's good to be here. Awesome. You've got a wild story. So let's just start at the beginning. <laughs> a wild story. Um, no, you, I, uh, I think there's a lot that you guys have done that people don't know. So maybe let's just start with uh, kind of your background before you started Kingdom Trust. Yeah. So I was in the real estate business before I started Kingdom Trust. Um, um, did all kinds of different real estate investments, real estate syndications, things such as that. Uh, and then in 2009 was when uh I guess the, the idea of Kingdom Trust was born in, in late 2008. We, we actually put it to action in 2009. Got it. And uh, contrary to popular belief, Kingdom Trust had nothing to do with crypto in uh, 2009, right? No, in 2009, <laughs> uh, um, I'd never heard of crypto. Um, and uh, so we Kingdom was, was actually founded to be a, a different kind of custodian uh, than, than uh, what most folks are used to. So... Um, Kingdom was founded to custody unique assets. And the idea behind it was to empower 
investors to invest in through a qualified custodian uh, have the ability to invest in unique assets that are, you know, either uh, illiquid, uh, you know, non-publicly traded, hard to value, hard to store assets uh, such as physical precious metals, private uh, securities, you know, we, we anything non-publicly traded that the larger custodians um, for whatever reason, you know, aren't interested in, but, but are still really good viable investments. Um, we wanted to empower investors to be able to um, self-direct uh, and buy those investments. And that's, that's where the, how the company was founded. What gave you the idea to do this? Was it something that you tried to, you know, custody an asset that another custodian wouldn't do or, or how was, did you come up with this? Yeah, it really came through the real estate. Um, we were taking investors into uh, different real estate projects and I personally had a retirement account that um, I wanted to invest in what I knew and what I understood. Um, and um, and that's really what where it began. Yeah, got it. And then, uh, what's the first asset that you custodied? Was it real estate? I'm not actually sure what the first <laughs> one was. Um, I was the first one to open an account, so it probably was real estate. Um, who was but, the? Who, what was the conversation with the first person not named Matt <laughs> that you went to to get somebody to open an account with you? Um, to be honest, when we first started the company, it, it was it was uh, nearly two months before the phone rang the very first time. Um, I don't remember exactly what that first phone call was about. I wasn't the one that took the call, but um, but it was slow in the beginning. Yeah. You know, we um, we we founded it from 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 scratch, so to speak. Mm -hmm. We uh, we we didn't have a book of business. We didn't buy a book of business. We mm -hmm. didn't buy an operating company. Uh, we started. Uh, with nothing and went and got a startup as a startup, got a trust charter back in 2010 and just started uh, beating the bushes and going out and, and talking with people. And, and pretty quickly, um, physical precious metals was was pretty quickly where we started seeing some of our growth. Um, private securities um, was probably the next. We do a lot of uh, non-publicly traded REITs and um, things like that. Real estate actually is one of our smaller asset classes. Um, and, uh, but yeah, that's where it all began. Peer-to-peer -peer lending, uh, private loans uh, are a big asset class for us as well. And then obviously now crypto is, is our focus um, and our largest growing part of our business. But we're still very involved in all those different asset classes. And we're very, actually very proud that we have a very diversified portfolio, which I think anyone looking at a custodian wants to see is someone who's uh, all their eggs aren't in, in one basket, so to speak. For sure. Well, before we get into crypto, you know, I, you had over $10 billion in assets before you got into crypto, but I want to yeah. talk about two things first. So one is uh, you're building a company in Kentucky, yeah. which is not Silicon Valley, not New York, not, you know, Zoog or, or uh, Asia. Right. I'm assuming you started there because that's where you're from, but just it talk is. a little bit about the benefits and challenges of building a company outside of those kind of traditional tech hubs, given what you guys are doing today. Yeah, I think in the early stages, it was really challenging, um, obviously, uh, and, and it is there because it was my home. And um, as the founder of the company, I started the business in my home town. And um, we you all sound like you're from New York. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. That's good. Um, 
so it, yeah, there was a lot of challenges in the beginning, particularly when we were smaller and unheard of, and we were from Kentucky, um, which is not one of the financial hubs, obviously. Um, but you know, over time, we grew our business, and as you said, before we ever even got into crypto, we were well over ten billion dollars in assets under custody. Um, so. Over time, as we met uh, people in the industry, we started doing a lot of um, work for some of the larger, you know, some of the biggest custodians in America uh, actually refer business to us because we we custody assets that, that they don't custody and they had clients who needed custody, they would refer them to us. So we, we built relationships, um, you know, through all different sorts of channels and in and, and different ways and as we've grown, um, we became much more well, you know, respected in the industry, um, and and I think also very well respected in how we custody assets is uh, when people learn that as a directed custodian, most people don't understand that they don't uh, understand uh, uh, qualified custody as we were talking about. A lot of people don't understand that, but they also don't understand what a directed custodian. All right, so, so does let's, as let's well. go through um, like a one hundred and one in custody, right? So just. Right. What is a custodian and what services do they provide to the market? So a custodian in general um, is anyone that you give, um, that you entrust to secure something for you, basically. Um, and, you know, when you get into the financial markets, it's um, uh, it usually involves holding the asset and reporting the asset. That That's the role of of a custodian is to safe keep the asset. That's really the better word to use is, is a safekeeper. Um, and then to report those assets in a manner that um, according to the client's needs that keeps them compliant. Uh, it's a transparency thing that came down through the Dodd-Frank Act. Um, so when we hold assets, we report those to the need to know parties, which in some cases is the underlying investors behind a fund rather than just reporting it to the fund. We report it to the underlying investors in the fund. Um, as a transparency, uh, that was all spurred through the Bernie Madoff and some <laughs> of that that happened way back when. So um, that, that spurred a lot of those regulations. So um, typically in the in the financial world, um, that custody's done by what's known as a qualified custodian. So there's two pieces here. There's qualified custodian and there's a directed, right? Mm -hmm. uh, let's go through the qualified custodian because I, th I think a lot of people hear, oh, qualified custodian is is coming into crypto, right? Or somebody got the, the regulatory approval. They actually don't understand what that means, right? It's one of these things yeah. everyone shakes their head, yes, I got it. Nobody actually knows. So, so what yeah. is a qualified custodian? Why is that important? It's not a designation that you that you go get and they, and, and you get this tag name of a qualified custodian. Um, qualified custodian comes from the 40 acts. There's two of them. Um, the Investment Companies Act, the Investment Advisors Act. There's actually two different ones and we're a qualified custodian under both of those acts. Um, and the requirement there is you have to be um, a, a, a financial institution um, and, and broker dealers, banks, trust companies fall under that. Um, so, but you also still have some requirements you have to meet within that. So purely having uh, being a trust company doesn't necessarily make you a qualified custodian. There is a few other rules. We don't want to get real deep into that. But um, so essentially it is a regulated financial institution 
Um, and when a regulated financial institution takes on custody of customers' assets, there's rules, regulations, audits, um, things that they have to go through in order to do that, that is for the protection of the consumer. Um, so if you use a non-qualified custodian, um, they don't have those audits, they don't have those regulations, uh, third parties looking over their shoulders um, like we do as a, as a regulated financial institution. And I think the reason why it's important really is if you're a large institutional investor, the odds are you're going to want to work with the qualified custodian or you may even have to in your uh, part of your due diligence process, for example, because they need the peace of mind around those audits and, and kind of the uh, checks and balances um, that are required for a custodian to uh, meet those criteria. Is that correct? Yeah, certain uh, advisors meet, reach certain limits and, and even uh, certain products, you know, whether it's SEC, CTFC, there's um, certain ones who are required to use a qualified custodian, but it's certainly best practice for anyone who is, uh, you know, investing other people's money to safe keep those assets at a qualified custodian. Got it. And then uh, let's talk about directed, right? And mm-hmm. uh, kind of what that means. Um, Cause I think a lot of people, again, they, they don't even hear that as much as the qualified side and they don't know what it means. Yeah. And that's where it's really different. Um, Cause we're a qualified custodian and a directed custodian. So, um, what that means is that our clients, as I told you, Kingdom was founded on the principle that the individual or institution who owns the asset should always control the asset, which is very much the same principles, ironically, <laughs> that blockchain and crypto has been founded around. So I have no um, idea how you made your way to crypto. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so a directed custodian um, only uses the client's assets, only moves the client's assets, only does with the client's assets what the client directs them to do. Um, we charge fees for custody. You, you see a lot of the big custodians you know, in the country, you know, I hear it all the time. Well, they do custody for free. Um, well, they do, but they put your, out, your assets on their balance sheet they go and they leverage your assets and they loan your assets and rehypothecate your assets, which is a big topic in crypto today. Um, and um, they make the spread on that, right? I mean, th- that's how they make their money. And it's it's way more than the, the fees that we charge. Those spreads are. Um, so it's, you know, we hear all the time that that's the business we should be in. Uh, we haven't chosen to go to that route Um and because uh, we believe that the direct as a directed custodian, sure, if you want to leverage your assets, you can do that. We have partnerships and integrations with people who can provide that leverage, allow you to, to you know, that matches up borrowers and sellers. And, and actually, you, you, yes, you pay us a small fee for custody, but you have access to do your own leveraging of those assets. Uh, and, and in many cases, it's 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 much better for the client who owns that asset to be the one receiving the interest on it as opposed to someone else. So, um, yeah, so the directed part of it, really one of the key things is we don't put your assets on our balance sheet. We don't take, um, we take title of them. Mm -hmm. We have to, to, to be considered in custody. And we do have the effective control, but by way of contract and through our regulatory, the way we set this up with our regulators, we don't put them on our balance sheet and we don't, do anything with those assets unless our client tells us to. Um, and it gives the client complete control of the assets 
at all times. Um, and there's nothing going on behind the scenes that uh, that they're unaware of. And, and so once you got you know, the qualified custodian, direct uh, directed custodian set up, start out with precious metals, real estate. What's some of the like weirder things that you've had to custody? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask that. Because <laughs> um, I know you're going to tell me the truth. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, particularly in the early days, we had, a, we had um, uh, really some, we had a, we've done fire trucks, which were actually fire trucks that were being bought and leased, um, uh, which was actually a really good business idea for the for the guy that was doing it was very successful so, with but, it but what does that mean so to custody fire trucks like you just pull them up in the parking lot well, and we leave would, them there or, or what do you do we, well the, so it was an individual who would they would buy the fire trucks um you know through their custody account and um and take title to them so we would hold the title we don't mm-hmm. we didn't park the fire truck in the parking lot um and then they would turn around and lease those fire trucks in rural c- communities to small fire departments um and um they were kind of a lease to purchase you mm-hmm. know with a you know basically an interest rate and i'm not a lease expert but um you know it these these were older fire trucks they were already depreciated they would buy them lease them get the lease payment then sell them at the end um and made some really large returns um through that but um yeah we've had people that have done you know timber rights it was a pretty unique one i thought um even foreign timber rights down in brazil and different places um we've had cattle Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had people who were investing in cattle who would who would uh, it was basically syndicated ownership in, in cattle. But um, yeah, we've 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 done a lot of unique assets, but by far um, private securities, physical precious metals, uh, lending and loan contracts uh, has always been uh, one of our largest asset classes. Um, it, so, where where yeah. do these customers come from, right? So I'm just thinking somebody's got timber rights, somebody's got fire trucks, somebody's got cattle. Kentucky's a cool place, but they all sitting in yeah. Kentucky? Or no, how, no, do you, we how have, do you kind of get all these customers? Yeah, Kentucky's probably one of our smallest states. We uh, we have over 100,000 clients now wow. that we have under, in, in custody and, and somewhere north of $13 billion in, in assets. Last I checked, I haven't checked in a few weeks or a month, so it – uh, it may look a lot worse today than it Depends did a month how ago. Much, how much Bitcoin you got on the balance sheet? <laughs> but um, uh, so uh, no, it's 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 people all over the world and all over the you know mostly in the United States, but we do some international mm-hmm. stuff too. But um, who who find their way to us because they they uh, want to invest in things they know, mm-hmm. things they understand. You know, I don't understand fire trucks or. Um, I didn't understand Bitcoin when I first heard about Bitcoin either, um, which was actually kind of a cool story when when it was first brought to us. Um, I hadn't heard of Bitcoin, and I said, "Well," they, and somebody explained it to me. And I said, "Well, that that sounds like nothing that's worth something." <laughs> and I was like, "And it, it really didn't make sense to me." But uh, but my my comment was, "But I built this business around allowing people." to invest in unique assets that they want to invest in, whether I understand them or not is irrelevant. And so we began to look into it and then I actually kind of get, you know, I got bit by the Bitcoin bug myself. And um, so it's become a a personal um, passion of mine, I guess you would say. For sure. Uh, Do you remember the first person who came to you with with crypto uh, custody needs? 
or do you remember kind of some, yeah, some of the early people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it it um, um, it was actually a client of ours from okay. from the precious metals world, um, who is still a big client of ours. It's a, a, a guy named Chris Klein who's from the Digital IRA platform, uh, which is by far the largest uh, crypto IRA company in in America. We still do all their custody for them. Um, they came to us and wanted to allow people to buy digital currency in, in retirement accounts. Um, the precious metals market wasn't, I think, performing really well at that moment. And, and he's a real visionary and guy. And um, he brought that uh, idea to us and we started working with him to build that out and, and ultimately ended up building out um, that digital IRA platform. But they own the digital IRA platform, but we're the cust- custodian for all of it. Um, and yeah, so a lot of the early stuff that I learned, um, about the asset was through him and folks that I, that I met through him. Got it. And, and so how do you go from pre 2015, no crypto business to, you know, really you guys are seen as one of, if not the market leader and, and kind of, you know, the tip of the spear when it comes to crypto custody, uh, really on a global scale. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how does that happen? Um, how it, you can't say because you're smart. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It definitely was was not uh, because I'm smart. So it was, you know, uh, we just started building out the platform and mm-hmm. and, and um, hiring people and learning how to secure the asset, how to um, how to custody the asset, and applying a lot of the same uh, old security and custody principles that we use in precious metals and other things and. Um, how do you apply that? And we've been through many versions, <laughs> so mm-hmm. to speak, of, of of how you do that. And then obviously dealing with regulators. And um, you know, as we uh, as we were maturing that process in our company, Bitcoin and, and digital currencies were maturing. You know, through the 15, 16, um, and and it was it was really good timing. Call it luck. Uh, you know, in early 2017s when we really went public uh, and and started promoting it more, um, and it was perfect timing for for the market. And then we launched our institutional platform in 17 to start doing qualified custody for SEC advisors and mm-hmm. folks like that. There was a ton of people pouring into that market right at that time. We were the very first qualified custodian, the first. Uh, regulated entity to ever uh, custody cryptocurrencies. Um, and I think probably by at least a year, maybe two, actually, before any other qualified custodian, um, you know, it's, it's only been recently really that there's been any other qualified custodians come into the market. So um, so it, it just grew from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we already had a lot of relationships in the, from having the other unique assets for some of this, you know, so we have some crossover clientele, sure. right? So, um, so it allowed us to jump out pretty quick. And, you know, I think today we've got over 5,000 institutions and individuals that we hold crypto for, uh, which I'd so say. If uh, I'm going to do some back of the napkin math here, if you get over a hundred thousand clients and about 5,000 crypto, right? It, it's a, uh, it's a growing number, right? But it's still not 20, 50, you know, 75% of them holding crypto, but but it's still yeah. a, a meaningful amount uh, of the customer base. It's our fastest growing asset class by far. Um, we have a whole team, actually two or three teams that are focused on it. 
I'm very focused on it as the CEO. I just it's it's a personal passion. I love where the industry is going, um, so it's definitely become a huge focus. But um, it's still just one of the assets of 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 many that that we custody at Kingdom, which again I think is. It, it shows strength in a financial institution when you have multiple your assets spread amongst multiple you know industries and, for sure. and asset classes. Let's walk through when you guys are doing custody for crypto. What exactly are you doing for those customers? So we're safekeeping the asset. Um, and How we're storing it, so to speak. It's which is a you know it's a. Um, it's it's a it's a it's a word. Do you you know people get into argue where do you store Bitcoin? <laughs> you know, but without getting into that argument, yep. um, we um, we safe keep the asset, which in in Bitcoin it's the keys. It, mm-hmm. It's the private keys. That's um, so we we um, we built out a storage solution. We call the Ice Box. Um, it's not just a uh, it's KT Ice Box, and it's it's not really it's not just a wallet. So. Um, in Bitcoin, you hear about wallets and there is a wallet component, which, you know, a wallet is a piece of software that helps you secure your digital currency. Um, but to really safe keep it properly and to do it in a way where, where you can get it insured and things, which is which we built our the KTS box was built around the idea of building an insurable digital currency solution. So to do that, you have to have geographically dispersed controls, um, and you know multi verification, multi signature um, on the actual wallet side, multi verification on the actual how the transaction is built before it ever goes to the wallet procedures. So there's all these policies, procedures, uh, you know roles that are played, uh, geographic dispersion to where. Uh, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, what you want is to where no one person or even no one group of people can gain access t- to it. Um, and it takes multiple people and technology to get to the asset or to move the asset, so to speak. Um, technology can't move it without human intervention human can't move it without technology intervention and none of that can be done from any one physical place so that you know so that your physical security is less important right so um we spent a lot of time a couple of years um building through that we've been like through v1 v2 v3 so to speak um to get to where we're at today uh which is we do now have an insured um an insurable um, safekeeping solution. So we call it a safekeeping solution. It's not a wallet. It's an entire process. Um, and, and within that entire process also is all of the audit trails and controls. We can tell everyone who touched, approved, uh, and, and it all has to move through these processes to make that happen. And, and we've got that time frame down now for our customers where we can make that happen in you know a couple hours. All right, before we continue with this conversation, I want to mention our sponsor again, BlockFi. Remember, they do crypto lending. So you posted your crypto as collateral, they give you a US dollar loan, and you can use the US dollars to do whatever you want. You should visit blockfi.com slash pomp and then tweet at me that you went. If you tweet at me after you went to blockfi.com slash pomp, maybe I'll throw you a like, a smiley face, or the fire emoji. The fire emoji is the best. Remember, go to blockfi.com slash pomp and I'll see you on Twitter. 
Before we continue this conversation, I want to say a little bit more about Kingdom Trust. I'm really impressed with Matt Jennings and Kingdom. They're a qualified custodian of alternative assets, including a growing list of cryptocurrencies. They're doing all of this in a space that's known for its bureaucratic and dated processes, but they are anything but. Matt's an entrepreneur's entrepreneur, and he's built a massive business in a very short period of time. You should go check out kingdomtrust.com and let me know what you think. Again, go to kingdomtrust.com, 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 and tweet at me. If you let me know that you went, maybe I'll throw you a like or a wink face on Twitter. Wow. Um, and, and part of what you guys are doing, I think, is as a custodian, is you're addressing the settlement risk and some counterparty stuff. Maybe talk through kind of how you, you know, what that is and, and how you guys address it. Yeah, so um, we um, just in the last couple of weeks went live with a platform that we're partnered with called OTCXN. Well, hold on. That was like an alphabet soup. What, what is that? <laughs> OTCXN. Okay. Um, we, yeah. So we were consensus today. We've talked with, I don't know how many clients today about it and have onboarded a, a ton of clients who are uh, onboarding for this purpose. And it's all around, um, we, we, we call it store it cold and trade it hot. Okay. So, so this is, um, it's a partnership between Kingdom Trust and OTCXN and the client can come, they put their, their assets into deep cold storage at Kingdom, and this can be virtually any asset. It actually doesn't even have to be crypto assets, but it's, it's really built around crypto assets, at least at this point. Um, so let's, we'll use Bitcoin as an example. You come to Kingdom, you open an account, you put your Bitcoin into the Kingdom account, and, um, and then you go out into the OTC X platform, which you join. That's a very simple process. It's actually free, I think, on their side, and it's free on our side as well to, to start. And um, so once you join, you, you ask us to place that asset onto the platform. This is all done through automation, um, so to speak. And that asset is then put on the platform. So there's, um, we already have dozens and dozens of people signing up this platform. It's basically a closed network blockchain uh, trading software. So all these assets are held in custody at Kingdom. They're all verified before they're put on the platform. And all of those folks have the ability to trade. Uh, and we're, we're loading exchanges, OTC desk, along with funds and fund managers. And uh, it's all institutional. Um, but uh, it, it provides really, really great access for exchanges and OTC um, uh, market makers to trade amongst themselves mm -hmm. uh, to provide deeper liquidity. Um, it, it, uh, it also provides the abilities. It takes out the way it's done on the blockchain. The assets are in cold storage, removes settlement risk, removes counterparty risk. There, there is no counterparty risk. All those assets are held in deep cold storage at Kingdom. They trade um, and then the uh, the settlement uh, it, there, it, it's it's basically just book entry on on the kingdom in yep. in so the assets never have to move. Um, there's no need for it ever to come out of cold storage. It's always held in that insured cold storage. Uh, the only time you need to have uh, to move it out of cold storage is if you want to redeem it for some reason, which we're which is we can do, and it's a couple hour process as we talked about. But it it makes those assets tradable immediately. So if you trade, you know, if you have cash, 
uh, in your account and you have Bitcoin and Ethereum, you can go and sell your Bitcoin for cash and you can take that cash and buy Ethereum and you can do all of those trades in literally seconds behind each other um, without having to wait uh, to move out of cold storage or settle a trade, you know, T1, T2. Um, it it's really it's really solving a lot of the problems that we see out there in the market. So if this works, which I think it does, it, right? Yeah, it, it works. Yeah, it, it works. For, the, for those at home, he's looking at me like, yeah. it, it works, dude. Yeah, it works. <laughs> um, obviously, institutions are going to be super interested in this, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much you can talk about your experience talking to institutions, where they are in the process of coming into crypto, thinking about digital assets, maybe not cryptocurrencies, but you know, tokenized securities, et cetera. But um, you sit in a really unique seat where uh, they all need a custodian provider. And so I'm sure that you're on a short list of who they have the conversation with. What are those conversations like right now? Um, and, and kind of what's your outlook for the next, let's say, two years or so? Yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting year on that front. Um, and so in 2017, we had hundreds and hundreds of institutions that we were talking to. Um <laughs> And, and, and a lot of them opened accounts and, and, and never funded, never, you know, or never achieved raising their capital, whatever, whatever it may have been. Um, what we're seeing today is uh, less phone conversations, but we're onboarding more clients. Interesting. Uh, well, more clients that are funding, right, and actually putting the digital currencies in their accounts. So why do you think um, that is? I think it's, you know, the wheat's been separated from the chaff a little bit with the the markets where they're at. Um, but, um, but, and I think people are beginning to understand qualified custody and that they need a qualified custodian. They're understanding the risk of holding those keys on behalf of their clients. Um, uh, I think the insurance was, was a big deal. And... Um, you know, I know this has been a down market and, and, you know, even at the conference today, you could, you could, you could sense some people that were a little nervous or a little doom and gloom here and there. I think you probably saw that as well, but, um, for us, we're not, we're not in that position. Actually, the month of November was the largest month we've had since we've been in business at onboarding new institutional clients. Wow. So, uh, by far. Yeah, it's really interesting you say this because um, I've been talking a bunch uh, on television and and writing about this idea that the institutions aren't going to come in uh, in the digital asset space, whether it's crypto or or tokenized securities on the exchanges. They're going to come in through OTC, et cetera. And and actually, the custodian is um, that layer of the ecosystem is probably one of the best ways to measure what is that institutional interest. Right. right? And and I think. Our hunch has been, this is both through conversations, so we've kind of directly heard it, but you talk to way more institutions than we do even, um, the price drawdown actually makes it more interesting to them than them chasing something that is just growing exponentially from a, from a price standpoint. Yeah, it's, uh, I've always kind of laughed. It seems like everybody gets in when it's high and, and when <laughs> things go down, nobody wants in, right? And, and we've seen some of that. Um through, through crypto, particularly on the more of the individual side. But um, my, my partner, uh, Mark Yusko, says uh, people buy what they should have bought and they sell what they're about to need. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mark's a brilliant guy. So I'll take, uh, take, take what he says there. But we are, you, you talk about our position, and that's really probably the coolest thing about my job is um, we, we do 
as you're talking about these institutions, we do um, talk to most of them uh, in some kind of in some kind of a way, and have have accounts with most of them, to be honest. And um, the other really cool thing that we get to see as a custodian is, I think you know, nearly every technology innovator out there in in the marketplace, you know, needs custody for mm-hmm. whatever it is they're building. Their clients need custody in some in some way or another. It, it plays around custody. And I would say there's probably not a VC or a or anyone in America that sees any more of these cool innovation that's going on um, out there in the marketplace than we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the, I enjoy that part of it. That's one of the things mm-hmm. I really enjoy. I'm an op- entrepreneur myself. So uh, there is some really cool stuff being built out there right now around blockchain and cryptocurrency and and um, and. But but back to the institutions, um, yeah, I think the uh, the ones that have made it um, are uh, funding their accounts more. They're realizing the regulatory potential issues if they don't use a qualified custodian, um, and so we're starting to see more of them. I think they're also starting to see the advantages of having a custodian from a operational perspective mm-hmm. in the fact, and, and this is partially things that we're working on and we're building out like the OTCXN and, and many, many other, you know, it, that's really been our focus for the last six months has been building integrations with um, service providers that can provide our clients with uh, with what they need. So we really see, you know, if you think about custody, um, you, you, this is one of the things I see about the marketplace in general is it's fragmented. Everybody's building a piece, right? And you've got all these these little pieces. And I don't care if it's if it's leverage, if it's trading, if it's exchange. What you know, there, there's there's a lot of stuff being built out there, and a lot and a lot of really good stuff being built out there. But um, how does someone access it? And 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 particularly institutions. Um, you know, are you going to go place some of your crypto over here to do this and then move some of it and place it over here to do that? Um, and at the at the center of that is the storage. Mm-hmm. Right? They all need storage. Well, what 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 they're beginning to realize, you come to the storage house, which is, you know, and we like to think of as kingdom as the storage house. And if that storage house is integrated with all these different players, um, then you can leave your assets sitting there in cold storage and have access to all that, um, um, you know, people are institutions. They're worried about going and putting their assets on exchange in a, in, mm-hmm. a, in a hot environment. Um, y- y- you don't have to do that if you custody a kingdom, but you can still trade. Yeah, um, and uh, through integration and platforms that we have, so um, you can choose to do that. We're directed. We'll we'll do whatever our clients want us to do if that's what they choose to do with their asset, but. Um, there's other ways to access uh, liquidity without without uh, risking setting it on in in a hot environment. So uh, I think a lot of people are starting to realize you 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 come to the custodian. We don't charge much more for custody than most of your high end uh, what I would call wallet services mm-hmm. do. It's it's really and, and you have a regulated entity that is safekeeping your funds. It has insurance. It has and it has integrations through two different, you know, to many different platforms that uh, that um, allows you to use these different services. Where'd the name come from? 
Kingdom. Yeah, it's a badass name. So where'd that yeah. come from? Well, it was really uh, built around build your own kingdom. Okay. Um, um, you know, every every uh, human being kind of has their kingdom, right? And um, so when when the the name first was kind of thought of, it was it was um, uh, control your own assets, um, rule your destiny was was one of our slogans back in the early days. Was rule your destiny? It was this kingdom, you know, thing with like a sword, kind of like the old the old <laughs> days. But um, which is why I say our our business model before crypto. <laughs> was around uh, and and we were involved in it certainly um was really built around a lot of the same ideas and mentality that mm-hmm. that comes through crypto uh, as far as you know ruling your own destiny controlling your own assets um so yeah that's where it came from very cool um let's talk about the future of banking yeah right, i know you've got a bunch of kind of uh unique yeah. ideas here in, in uh <laughs> And what this is going to look like, and, and you probably have one of the most aggressive timelines as well as what it'll happen. Maybe just start with, you know, how do you think banking for individuals changes, uh, you know, in the future? Yeah, so uh, I think it's a big change, um, and I, I guess the the way to start would be to to talk about the end, or at least the end of how far I feel like I can see it. Um, and as you said, I think I probably see that here sooner than most people do um, because I've seen the technology that's being built um, and we've been integrating and and working with people to build some of this. So um, I see the futuristic bank as uh, one entity where um, a customer, whether it's institution or individual, can um, house or store, as you would at a bank with your cash today, um, all your assets. you know, I say all of your assets, you, you, literally it could be all of your assets, but coming in the near future, um, it'll be your digital currencies, top 50, let's say, you know, you could, you could have there, um, your, uh, public equities, not on blockchain, just your normal public equities. Um, and then, um, your tokenized securities, which is all of your, uh, private, Securities today, which is the the world that Kingdom was, was you know, we basically built our business around. Um, whether it be, um, you know, privately traded mutual funds, you know, non publicly traded REITs, or stock in private companies, or asset backed tokens that are backed by gold or oil or you know some type of commodity. Um, and then you have your cash, right, and your fiat currencies, which which uh, could be. Uh, I think the the one company we're working with on some of this has the ability to do up to close to 100 different fiat currencies. Um, and you have all this in one place, in one account that you can pull up, see, look at on your phone, and you have the ability to not only exchange those, but ex- exchange them amongst each other, mm-hmm. right? If you wanted to trade your Bitcoin for public equities, you could, or, you know, your private mutual fund for fiat or ether or whatever, you know, all these things would be completely interchangeable um, and exchangeable amongst each other. And um, also the ability to quickly, uh, without filling out a stack of paperwork this big like you do at your bank today, but to quickly leverage, uh, borrow against those assets, leverage those assets in different ways and even do margins and things like that. All this available in this one account, 
and then I think the really kind of the, the most futuristic kind of cool part of it um, is what we call the fungibility of those assets, which is the ability to take every one of those assets, flatten them down into one spendable currency. Um, that is accepted at thousands and thousands of merchants. So it's, it's all the over ultimate America. asset-backed currency. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's back. It 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 basically, um, you know, you 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 do it on your phone. Let's say, mm-hmm. well, let's call it a debit card mm-hmm. for the sake of something that we can use in an analogy. You you swap your debit card to spend your cash. Mm-hmm. Um, with this, you swap it and you can spend your mutual fund. You swap it, you can spend your Bitcoin. Yep. And it's all done at a fraction of the cost of credit and debit cards. And um, so we have a, a partner that we're very deeply integrated, partnered with, who's who's building out this technology, a company called Vault Bank. I'm not sure if you've heard mm-hmm. of them or not. Mm-hmm. Um, early stage company, that, but the tech is basically built. Um, Kingdom's providing all the custody and the fiat and, and, and uh, in, in the background of all of that. Um, and um, it's really, really cool um, what these guys are, are, are building out. And we're working with a lot of different lending and leverage companies that are going to be involved in all this. So it's, it's, it's kind of bringing the ecosystem together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's bringing some of those fragmented pieces we were talking about together. Um, and that's been a real focus of mine and, and several of us at Kingdom Trust over the last little bit has been working with the OTCXNs, the vault banks, the, the other guys out there that are, uh, are building these uh, security tokenization platforms. Um, you know, I, I believe that uh, the tokenization of securities is the next big thing. And and it, uh, we're going to yeah, be fast yeah, friends because because I yeah. believe that for a long time and people yeah, have been I saying I, I was yeah. crazy and all of a sudden now it's popular and I'm, I'm not talking about it as much but uh, <laughs> I, I'm waiting for my, uh, my my victory lap on Twitter to say I told you so. Well, it's going to come pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> Your victory lap's coming pretty quick. So well, we talked about time frame. Yep. That futuristic bank I talked. It won't be completed in 2019. But the basic structure of that will be out, I believe, in 2019. You think it's like 12 months or less for the basic 12 to 18 structure? 18 months okay. for the basic structure to be out, um, and uh, including the payment system part of that. Yep. Um, I think you will see in the next six months uh, major household name uh, securities issuers that people probably never even think about in the blockchain world. Are going to issue tokenized securities in the in the amounts of hundreds of millions of dollars in mm-hmm. these tokenized securities. I think that's going to happen in the next six to twelve months. And when one goes, the others follow suit. Of course. And when you look at tokenized securities, it's it's really I'm a I'm a common sense entrepreneurial thinker. I'm not real. <laughs> I'm, I'm not you. super in depth, but um, you look at it from the issuer's perspective. It's all good. Like, you know, there's there's no there's nothing negative to the issuers in this. And you look at it from the investors to who which is the world we grew up in where you know where we grew up in, Kingdom grew up in, where you you sign up for these long, you know, lockup mm-hmm. periods and all these different things. You have no liquidity for five years, two years, seven years, whatever it may be. Whether that's private equity or just a private fund or, you know, whatever it may be. And you you look at at, and then you talk to the SEC. We've met with the SEC. We've met with the CFTC. But it's a win, win, win all the way around on tokenized securities when you 
particularly when you look at non-publicly traded yep. securities. Um, and uh, the great thing for Kingdom is that's our, well, I call it our old world. And then little did we know in 2014 or 15, we started building out the, the Bitcoin and the cryptocurrencies. We really didn't know at that time, but for the last couple of years, we've really been focused on it uh, as we realized the power of blockchain and that our two worlds are are about are in the process of colliding, colliding. and we feel like we're probably you know one of the best positioned companies in America to um, capitalize on that because it's it's something we we're, we we know a lot about both sides of that. So absolutely. Uh, before I get into the rapid fire questions to end this thing, uh, I got to ask you what's your outlook on Bitcoin, not price, but in, in terms of. You know, we, we've had this, uh, you know, let's call it a shaken uh, uh, belief or, or a little bit of fear given the price drawdown. But but what's your kind of outlook of the next 10, 20 years? I think it's great. You know, I think it's a <laughs> I think it's a story. You know, if you want to say my I think my outlook's good. Okay. Um, it's um, yeah, I'm not a price predictor in mm-hmm. kingdom. We don't we don't give investment advice. We're directed custodians. So we don't do that. But um, I think blockchain in general is going to change how most everything's done. Um, and I think that um, Bitcoin is right now going through what I, what I expected it to go through. And I think most people in the market expected that you would see something similar to this. And um, some of them thought it would stop it, you know, going down at 6,000 or 5,000. And now people are saying 3,000. I, I don't know. Um, but I know that the, the, the use case is strong. The, um, I, I believe in the store of value through, mm-hmm. through Bitcoin. Um, and so, yeah, I think we're going to see another run. I don't know exactly when. Uh, I would like to think it's going to be in the next 12 months. Um, you know, um, but I think it's not probably going to be quite as spiky and bubble, you know, as much of a bubble the next time. I think we're going to see a little more of a steady up and steady down, which is good, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think, actually. Um, but, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a believer in, in, in Bitcoin and, and, and long term. Awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. So I got a couple of rapid fire questions. And then at the end, I'll let you ask me a question, which scares me sometimes. You didn't tell uh, me I could do that. <laughs> well, I warn you now. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe we'll take one or two questions from the audience since uh, they all came here to listen to us talking to microphones. Uh, what do you think the most important company in crypto is other than uh, Kingdom Trust? Wow. I start out real high. Most important <laughs> company. Um. The regulators? Ooh. <laughs> we, do never, they, do they qualify that. as a company? For sure. We've never um, had that as an okay. uh, answer. Explain. Well, let's, let's say the SEC. Okay, why? Um, is probably because, um, you know, every company in crypto is waiting to, um, I would say very few to none of them want to do anything wrong. We all want to do it right. Everybody wants to do it right. Um everyone's waiting for clear guidance. Yep. And uh, there's a lot of things sitting on the sidelines and being held back until we get that clear guidance. Um, and, and I think they're working on that. And, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not downing the SEC when I say that whatsoever. 
uh, I think they they've uh, this has all happened fast and and they've got a, a, a lot to think about and deal with, obviously, um, in the CFTC as well. Um, so I think that's the most important thing is the regulation. Right. And, and I don't I know, if, I don't know if there's any one company that I think is necessarily uh, super important. Perfect. That's a great segue into the next question, which is if you could wave a magic wand, what one regulation would you change or improve? Um, if I could wave a magic wand. You already got your I, own kingdom, yeah, so now I, you're a I, magician. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it, it's really just clarity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 not so much that, you know, from a kingdom's perspective that we have an agenda that mm-hmm. we want a certain regulation um, approved or not approved. I actually can't think of one. Mm-hmm. Um, just clarity. We just want to know the rules. Yeah. Uh, so that we can so that we can abide by them and build out our business to be within the framework of those rules. So uh, it's really just clarity, I think. I don't I don't know that there's any one regulation that's the showstopper. Yep. Um, the, the main, is there is there even any regulation? I, I actually don't think there's one that's a showstopper as much as I think a lot of people in the tokenized securities world, that's where most of the answers come in around uh, either accredited investor laws or um, yeah, the hoops they've got to jump through for going public or you know, the Reg D, Reg A plus type you know, yeah. uh, restrictions. Yeah. It's all around securities laws usually. Yeah. Um, but, 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 I think but none of them are regulations that necessarily need changed. They need clarified on how it affects this particular asset class, right? There, there's and, a lot of uh, crazies that have sat in your seat. You'd be surprised what people want to change. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I won't name names. Yeah. They know who they are. I, I'm not necessarily <laughs> wanting to change them. I just want uh, clarification around them so that us and our clients can go do business. Yep, I think that's yeah. completely fair. Yeah. Uh, what's the best book or the most important book you've ever read? The Bible. Ooh, yeah. no one said that before either. Yeah, that's uh, that's my go-to. So, um, yeah, that's that's uh, you know, if you just said around crypto, um, <laughs> all right, what well, around I, yeah, crypto too? Uh, I've actually, I don't think I've ever read a book about crypto. Amazing. Um, I've read some pieces of some books, but I'm a I'm a huge reader. But it's mostly stuff from Anthony Pompliano. Oh, and, Jesus Christ! All right. Uh, so I, no, so I'm a, I, I, I read all the new. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm a news and an article and yeah, yeah. The, the, you know those kind of things. But um, I study it every day. But um, you know, a book is usually one person's interpretation of of what's going on. And and to be honest, if it's a book on crypto, if it was wrote last month, it's outdated anyway. So, um, so I I haven't really read any books around crypto. Okay. Um, so the one non crypto uh, question I always ask, we've just got to admit that aliens exist. All right. Uh, but whenever aliens are portrayed in sci-fi and movies, et cetera, it's always as a human comparison, right? So, so do aliens have pets? Are there, Animal aliens and human aliens, or is it all just one single species of uh, of aliens? Well, I'm a big dog lover. All right, so I would hope that if there is there is, I have to assume there's aliens, right? So since there is aliens, <laughs> then and I'm sure that they have dogs. 
or at least something similar, similar to, a dog. to some so kind if, of. If pet. they're similar to human, they have some kind of pet that's similar to a dog. Yeah. All right. The amount yeah. of people who have also sat in that seat and admitted that there's aliens is pretty high as well, which is uh, <laughs> which is one of the joys of this. Um, all right. What uh, what one question do you have for me before we take one or two from other people here? Oh man, I wish I, I wish you'd have told me I was going to ask you that before I got here. I would have came up with a really good one to. Good that's one why to I don't tell you. anybody. <laughs> um. What do you see as in in the crypto space? Um, what do you see as the biggest thing needed to move the asset class forward? Time. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, everyone wants all of this to happen today. Um, I'm a huge. Th- there's like five quotes, right? So there's some people who know a lot of quotes. I know like five. So I'm not really that smart. Uh, but but one of the five is uh, is this idea. Uh, Bill Gates says, you know, we overestimate what can happen in one year, and we underestimate what will happen in ten. Yeah. And and so uh, I, I tweeted the other day. I said, you know, Bitcoin is almost ten years old, right? From when the network actually went live. Right. Uh, we're about you know a month or so away from that. And uh, if you think about it, you know, you got tens of billions of dollars in market cap. You've got a state that accepts it as payment for taxes, yeah. right? You've got uh, millions of people who have bought, sold, or hold, um, and, and you've got it being covered daily on CNBC, Bloomberg, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. In and 2009, there is like less than 20 people in the world who thought all of that would be possible in 10 years. It is. If you, uh, I tell everybody to think back 12 months. <laughs> uh, you know, 12 months ago, this, this, uh, this industry is way different mm-hmm. than it is today. Um, I remember we were at the uh, CoinAuth conference in San Francisco, and which was in September of seventeen. Yep. Um, and and we had a lot of monumental things happen right around that mm-hmm. time within our institutional offering. And um, man, you just look that that wasn't that long ago. It seems like an eternity, uh, but if if you look at where. You know, where we've came when I look at where we've come since then um, and look at just the the industry as a whole where it's where it's came in that short of amount of time is nothing short of amazing I've never seen anything like it but I do agree with you it takes time uh, most things do a uh, wise man once told me that you can't hire nine women to have a baby in a month <laughs> so uh, it uh it, I, I now it. have six quotes that I'm going to use. <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate you coming, Matt. It's been uh, awesome, and uh, we'll have to do it again. Yeah, it's been a great time. Appreciate it. All right, you reached the end of the podcast. Congratulations. I appreciate you listening all the way to the end. You deserve a trophy. But before I hand out the virtual trophies, remember to go visit BlockFi.com pomp. They're the crypto lending leader in the U.S., they do it in 45 states, interest rates as low as 8%, and you can use the US dollar funded directly to your bank account to do whatever you want. You should definitely go visit blockfi.com pomp. You know you want to do it, so just do it. blockfi.com pomp. Hey everyone, Pomp here. If you like this episode of Off The Chain and want to help us take crypto to the top of the Apple, Spotify, and other podcast charts, please do us a favor and rate, review, and subscribe. To review, simply go to the Off The Chain homepage, scroll down until you see the five blank stars. Taking 15 seconds to fill those stars in and leave a quick review goes a long way in helping us take the entire crypto ecosystem to the top of the charts. I appreciate you listening and see you next time on Off The Chain.